Hey, good afternoon, folks. Just uh, wanted to share with you a few things um, as we put our Sunday in motion here. We were, Ron and I were supposed to be in Missouri with uh, the prayer gathering at POM this morning, and uh, just due to some health issues and some things going on, we decided we probably better uh, take a few days and, and mend and heal and get our strength back together. So we had to bypass this weekend, but I had something on my heart that I can't get past. I really want to share. Uh, we try to do a little bit of teaching before we pray for our ministry there. Um, I want to do that today, but I want to share it with everyone. I'm, I'll, this message will wind up out on our podcast and uh, out on our email chain. But uh, for those of you that are involved with our Peter Outdoor Ministries gathering, uh, this is something strategic for you. Uh, but it's also strategic for those in general. I think it's something that we all need to be closely paying attention to these days. Um, I titled this today, Prayer, My Weapon of Choice. You know, when we think about that, that we're, we're in a battle. We're, we're, in a, we're in a very, very large battle on this earth. And, uh, but, but for those of us who are followers of Christ, uh, our battle, is, our, our, our battle is, not, is not of this world. Um, the weapons of our warfare are not of this world that it's a spiritual battle and we recognize those we we don't fight in flesh and blood but we fight in spirit and and with that i want to i want to take one of the best weapons that we have prayer prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that we can uh yield against our our, our enemies and against those who come against us as we pray over our enemies the bible talks about how it's like heaping coals of fire on their head i've taken that out of context many times thinking yeah god burn them Burn that person that's against me. You know, pour that coal out on their head. But that's that's actually not the context of that scripture. The context is, is as we pray over their soul, as we pray over them because they're lost, as we pray that God would would intervene in their life, as we pray that God would bless them, as we pray that God would draw them closer to us. You think about that as you pray that type of a prayer over your enemy, it's going to come against them. Those who don't believe are not going to be comfortable when you begin to pray over them. It's going to cause an uncomfort. It's going to cause them hardship. It's going to cause them grief. You come against one of God's anointed and, and you're going to find yourself at a place of, of spiritual warfare, then you're going to be on the wrong side of that. So prayer, my weapon of choice. Remember the false self-flesh moves quickly. It reacts rather than responds. Many moments we will be invited to think or say things that are not true or to judge ourselves or others harshly. We live in a very critical and very negative society today, and it's we're very quick to jump on that negative train, it seems like, today, that we can always find something wrong with everything that we see, everything that we hear, people that we encounter. It's so easy for us to be negative, and that's something I think we really need to be uh, very, very aware of in our responses to people. Critical are the moments when we see, hear, and ask God for help, instruction, and direction. Jesus did this. Everything he said and did was in harmony and alignment with the Father. Jesus knew where people's hearts were, often because he asked them. He knew their motives and their hopes, if they were with him or against him. He lives in us. The Holy Spirit wants to guide, counsel, and teach us if we'll let him. Again, move slowly. Assess the situation. Ask God questions. Last month, we talked about listening, having that attentive ear to listen to the still, small voice of God, that whisper that God speaks to us. But now he's telling us to move slowly, assess the situation, ask God questions. What is this, Lord? Why is this? Do you want me to move or should I stay put? 
Should I say something or should I just listen? This is the power, the prayerful way of a warrior, that we live curiously, always seeking the answer. It, it is what Paul meant when he wrote, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. To pray without ceasing, you, you mean we should live out the rest of our lives with our heads bowed in prayer? I don't, I don't think that's what he's after. But this prayer, this, this praying without ceasing, this communication, relationship, fellowship. If I'm talking to a friend, I keep my eyes open. If we're sharing stories, I'm looking for the expression. I want to see how he's responding to my story. Prayer is not and should not be ritualistic. Prayer should be this constant connection, kind of like your wireless internet. You know, whenever I'm within range to my wireless router, I'm automatically connected. I don't have to do anything. It just connects. It is the same with God. As long as we're in range, as long as we're in relationship, as long as I'm available, I'm connected to him. I used to think this was kind of silly or simply just wasn't possible. But now through this constant dialogue with God, I'm getting a little better at it. To pray without ceasing is is learning to stay in a constant form of communication with God. How does that look? Well, sometimes it's finding a quiet place, that prayer closet. While other times it's standing in my backyard as loud as I can be, crying out to him for answers. For answers to questions or, or hurt that, that I've been dealing with or, or struggling with. Oftentimes it's in my truck with the radio turned up and him and I are just having at it with some struggles or challenges, uh, either either within myself or someone I know that's facing challenges. Other times it's with the music blaring as I cry out through worship and, and, this, and, and let the songs, let, lead, you know, leading my soul to touch the hem of his garment. More times than, than not, it's simply my mind. In a form of conversation as I seek his guidance or I thank him for his provision, or just simply love on him as my father. I could even find myself lost in a conversation using my heavenly language as his Holy Spirit flows through me. Often this happens when I find myself crying out for others in need. That that Holy Spirit pouring out as I, as I seek to, to have God intervene in someone else's struggle, someone else's problem. That compassion for our fellow man is it as as we see the struggles that others are going through and we cry out to God oftentimes I find myself in that Holy Spirit moment just letting his spirit lead me as I pray over those people Paul goes as far as to say that we're ever increasing 2 Corinthians 3:18 says this so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is in in is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That That's this key ingredient. So all of us who have had that veil removed, think back to the, the day um, that Jesus was crucified. Here he is on that cross as he gave up his breath. The Bible describes it, the veil in the temple, the veil that separated the very presence, the very spirit of God, this veil, this, this horsehair woven curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom. That, that really represents the movement of the Holy Spirit, the God's presence from this temple place that now becomes us. We become that temple place. We are the home and the house of the Holy Spirit now. And, and this is what it says, is so that all of us who have had that veil removed, so, so all of us who have accepted Christ, all of us who become followers of Christ through our acceptance of him, have this veil removed and that we can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, 
makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And why wouldn't we have a glory? God does. His glory starts with a capital G. Ours, those who bear his image and are becoming more and more like him, ours starts with a small g, glory. Chips off the old block. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree kind of thing. We have our Father's image. The word glory simply means the weightiness or the grandness, the splendor of a thing. It's glory and the sons of God have one. This glory is held in our hearts to be demonstrated in our actions and words in how we love one another. Our glory is the, the true me and the true you. The glory of our life, our true self wants to burst out, to bear fruit, to be offered and, and be experienced by others in the world. Our glory is meant to be shared. Gifts are entrusted to each of us for others. He shares his life with us. He bestows his love on us. And he takes up residence in our hearts, making us alive in him. That is why the heart is both core and central. John Eldridge writes this in his book, Waking the Dead. The heart is central. That a man needs to be reminded of this only shows how far we've fallen from the life that we were meant to live or how powerful the spell has been. The subject of our heart is addressed in the Bible more than any other topic, more than works or serve, more than believe or obey, more than money, even more than worship. Maybe God knows something that we've forgotten, but of course all those other things are matters of the heart. Consider but a few passages of Scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Jesus called this the greatest of all the commandments in Luke 10, 27. And notice that the heart comes first. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Luke 12, 34. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119, 11. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Matthew 15, 8. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, And I will give them one heart, a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. God desires to be in constant communion with us. His spirit connected to our heart in a continued basis. No interruptions. His signal should never be buffering as we should always be close enough that there is no possible interference to cause issue. As we pray, let the Holy Spirit guide and direct your steps. Let his spirit lead you on this journey as you do continue to increase in his glory. As you find some time to pray, I just uh, would encourage you not only to continue to pray over the ministries that we're involved in, whether it be your church, your church leadership, your pastors, uh, pray over those that you know that are in need. But I encourage you to pray without ceasing. I encourage you to find that within yourself, that that Holy Spirit raise up within you, that you begin to be in a constant form of communication with God, that your mind is never far from that, that, that your heart is never far from that. I can't explain it. It's something you're going to have to discover on your own. I've learned that there are times now that I dream this stuff. There are times now that I wake up with a scripture on my mind. There are times I wake up with, with a worship song on my heart or on my mind. And these are these are things that as we seek God, as we as we seek to be closer to him, as we seek to stay in connection with him, 
it's a constant. I don't have to. I don't have to make it happen any longer. It, it's something that comes. It's something that's in me. It's, it's my immediate go-to when I when I see a struggle, when I see a challenge, when I'm faced with a problem. My immediate thing is, just take it before the Lord. My immediate thing is to respond to God. My immediate motion is to Him, not to anything else. I hear so many times, oh, when all else fails, pray. Oh, my goodness. How about we pray first and maybe things won't fail? How about we begin to put things before the Lord before they fall apart? You know, marriages, relationships, family, whatever it may be, that we learn to put that before the Lord. There's so many avenues, so many directions that you could take this message from here. But I really simply say this. Pray. Begin to pray without ceasing. Stay in that constant communication with God. Ask Him to release His Holy Spirit in you so that it begins to rise up and changes things. The Holy Spirit is where the power is. The Holy Spirit is what sets us free. The Holy Spirit will change our lives forever. God bless you guys. I hope you have a great rest of the Sunday afternoon. We'll be in touch soon. Hopefully I get back on track doing some live things, uh, get some more recordings out. But uh, as of now, we appreciate all of you guys. We thank you for following us on Facebook. We thank you for following us on our website, uh, livingloudoutdoors.com is where we're at. Um, our, our podcasts are up on Spotify and Breaker and iPodcast and Google Podcast. There's, I think it's on nine different platforms now. You can find us just Living Loud Outdoors. I pray that you locate us, follow us, listen to the messages that are coming out. I've put a lot of stuff on there. Uh, there's a lot of listeners now that are following us. That's awesome. You can actually support us through Anchor Podcast uh, financially. You can support us through our website. You can you can support us in multiple ways. So we appreciate those that do. Appreciate the prayer. We appreciate all of you that follow us and lift us up on a constant basis. May God bless you for it. May he prosper you. Uh, And may this be an incredible year as you seek him with all that you do. God bless you.